Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and today I'm going to be offering a solo cast in which I talk about my new book that will be coming out August 2023 called Astonished by the Word, Reading Scripture for Deep Transformation. It's going to be published this time by Invite Resources, and I'm really excited about this. It comes after teaching for over 23 years now at Asbury Theological Seminary. I've served well over a thousand students now, and I've taught courses in both Old Testament and New Testament interpretation, as well as spiritual formation courses. And I've also observed the role that Scripture has played in my life. I came to faith literally reading the Bible. I'd been challenged to read Scripture as a young person by my youth pastor, and during a my sophomore year in the springtime, I opened up the scriptures and I literally prayed, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me through your word. And it wasn't long after that, as I started reading, I began with, I think, Matthew's gospel that I ended up giving my life to the Lord. And a few years later, I was sensing a call to ministry, which now fast forward, I'm now 54 years old here in 2023. So I've had an engagement with the Bible for 38 years. It's blessed me, it's challenged me, it's stretched me, but one of the things that I notice and have noticed in my own life, and one of the things that I've noticed in the lives of others, though this is primarily reflection on my own inner world, is that you can know a lot about the scriptures But that doesn't always translate into a transformed life. Again, I'm not here to confess any uh, horrific sins or anything, but I've noticed that it isn't just about learning correct exegesis. It's not about just using the right tools or resources, but there's also a matter of learning to open up your heart in a different way. In some ways, this next book that, I, that I've written is the follow-up to my book on Centering Prayer. So Astonished by the Word is a reflection on one of my favorite prayers that every student that's had me probably in the last decade has heard me say, and that's when you open up the Bible, pray to God that you'd be astonished anew. We want to be astonished So that when we teach, preach, move that word into our lives, we can see something astonishing. And to get this book moving, as I was reading through Augustine's classical work on Christian doctrine, I found a great quotation from that book. And I've used this as as the lead-in. So in other words, this book is called Astonished by the Word, Reading Scripture for Deep Transformation. But I could also have used the subtitle, something like Reading Scripture for the Love of God and Neighbor. Because after all, what does it look like to be transformed? It looks like love, being transformed into greater love for the God who made us, the God that redeems us, and also love for others and also a love that then turns back on ourselves, a love for ourselves. So we love our neighbor as ourself. And on Christian doctrine, 
Augustine wrote these words, So anyone who thinks he has understood the divine scriptures or any part of them, but cannot by his understanding build up this double love of God and neighbor, has not yet succeeded in understanding them. I love that. Let me read that again. So anyone who thinks that he has understood the divine scriptures or any part of them, but cannot by his understanding build up this double love of God and neighbor has not yet succeeded in understanding them. So in other words, Augustine puts forward a love hermeneutic. In other words, we can judge how deeply, how richly we've grasped the word by how deeply and profoundly we understand how whatever text we're reading actually leads to greater love for God and neighbor. So you might even say for Augustine that the goal of biblical interpretation, and these are my words now, not his, is the ongoing conversion of us, the Bible's readers, into persons who love God and others. You know, when you hear that, you think, and I remember even when I heard that, I thought, well, of course, that's like a no-brainer. Most of us actually desire that transformation. We want to be perfected in love. We intend, we desire to live fully as the people that God created us to be. We also recognize that being filled with love isn't just our work, that that's a central part of the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. So like in Romans 5, 5, Paul wrote, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. In Galatians 5, and 23, Paul lists out the fruit of the Spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And arguably, love is the fruit, and all the other ones are simply facets of love. So Augustine's model seems simple, but as I've looked back over my life, it's not always easy to implement. You know, for sure it hasn't been for me. You know, if it weren't easy, or if it were easy, we wouldn't witness the ongoing failures of so many Christian leaders and Christ followers. We wouldn't ourselves struggle sometimes to uphold the character of Jesus and the way that we interact with people. Likewise, we wouldn't see the struggles in the church especially the struggle that churches, especially in the formerly Christian West, has in reaching emerging generations with the gospel. Why are so many young people today not interested in the gospel? For some, if, if, polls tell us that for, uh, part of the problem is too many people equate Christians with hate and exclusion rather than love and inclusion. Yet scripture describes a world in which God has created a holy people for himself for the sake of the world. So how is it that sometimes scripture appears ineffective in creating a deep transformation that allows the church consistently to be known by love? From my own personal experience, as well as my engagement with students, pastors, and other spiritual leaders, I believe a principal obstacle to achieving Augustine's vision is our own inability to move past our own biases in blind spots. We may read Scripture consistently, but I wonder sometimes, 
do we really allow Scripture to read us? Are we really open to the work that God wants to do deep within us? Especially when texts infringe upon the way that we presently live our lives. That's what this book's about. Now, if this piqued your interest, and I'm going to go on for a couple more minutes, I'd invite you to go to drbrianrussell.org, and there'll be a drop-down description of the book. You'll hear some more of the takeaways, and you can sign up for updates. So when the book is about to come out, I'll let you know how to access it. And I'm also going to be providing resources and closer to when the book releases and immediately after, I'm going to be doing some Zoom calls. And if you sign up, you can be invited to come and interact on a Zoom call with me, answer questions and talk about it. So I'm super excited about that. So if you're interested, jump over to drbrianrussell.org, D-R-B-R-I-A-N-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.org. So let's go back um, to... Some of the things that Augustine said, again, I asked the question, are we really open to the work that God desires to do deep within? Most of us would instinctively said yes. But the true mark of openness to Scripture is how we respond to those parts of the Bible that question our way of life rather than someone else's. What might be missing simply because our eyes and ears? What might we be missing simply because our eyes and ears are trained to see and hear only certain truths and pass over others? That's those biases that I'm talking about. How is it that we can completely miss seeing obvious things sometimes, especially when they relate back to us? Let's go back to Augustine. He advocated a beautiful intention for our engagement with Scripture, growth in love for God and neighbor. But here's the catch. To grow in love for God and neighbor, we must be willing, and it takes courage, to face the parts of ourselves that don't align in this intent, with this intention. You know, it's easy to see that lack and others, but it's really painful to discover it inside ourselves. So if you want to ask, you know, how does this text teach me to love God? You might also ask yourself, how am I presently not loving God? If I think about this passage, what's keeping me from loving others? To grow in love and for God and neighbor, then we got to explore the opposite. And the opposite of loving God isn't hating God. That's going to be the critical thing. Because most of us, we're not in open rebellion against God, nor are we openly trying to not love our neighbor. But the opposite of loving God, again, it's not hate. It's indifference or apathy. Any cursory reading of the Bible will awaken us to the difficulties that God's people in the scriptures had in remaining faithful. That ought to be a wake-up call for us. If the very people that experienced firsthand the miraculous things that the scriptures talk about God doing in human history, if they had a hard time being faithful, how can we imagine that we're not going to have some struggles too? And so by indifference, I don't mean that we don't care about our relationship with God. Indifference is a lot more subtle. We have a space in our heart that belongs fully to God, but 
there's still going to be plenty of rooms and nooks and crannies inside of us that actually belong to competing ideas, or if you want to use the language of scripture, to other gods and goddesses. Because anything, in fact, that competes for our allegiance with God is a form of idolatry. So to grow in love for Jesus, we need to be willing to allow God through the Spirit to probe our hearts with Scripture to show us areas where we do not truly love God. And one of my favorite parts of this book is I have several chapters where I explore a new method of reading Scripture that I call idolatherapy. Idolatherapy. It's it's the means by which, through spiritual reading, God can get all of the idols out of our own hearts so that we can love him even more and we can love our neighbor even more. Because the same struggle with loving God is true also in our growth for love for others. Because the opposite of loving our neighbor, it's not hatred, but it's a lack of concern. It's indifference. Because most of us, most Christians I know, don't openly desire evil for others. But more often, it's a subtle turning of our heads or closing our eyes to injustice. And if, if nothing, the last three to four years, if we hadn't seen it before, has clearly made it a lot more difficult to just keep passing by when we see injustice around us and in our world. Because loving our neighbor involves a desire to do right for them. It's a commitment to justice, and it's easy to love those who love us, but what are those that don't? Jesus tangibly extended love even to those who crucified him. What more powerful demonstration is there than Jesus' words on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, from Luke 23, 34. Moreover, Jesus always seems to have the ability to see those in need around him. Scripture wants to stretch us by helping us to develop eyes to see the invisible other in our lives. Are we willing to be challenged anew by the question that Jesus asked in the parable of the Good Samaritan? Which one was the neighbor to that man? Luke 10, 36. To allow scripture to do its work, we must hear the positive descriptions of love for God and neighbor in the text we read, but we also must consent to allow the spirit to reveal to us areas where we don't truly love God and neighbor, then we must find the courage to pray the ancient prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and then realign with the values of Jesus and his kingdom. Are you ready to get started? Are you ready to be astonished by the word? Again, I'll be presenting some more pieces of my new book as it gets closer to release. Uh, grateful for the privilege of having you as listeners. If I can be of service, you know, feel free to reach out as always at deepdivespirituality at gmail.com. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about Astonished by the Word as we approach the release date in August, uh, please consider signing up at drbrianrussell.org. D-R-B-R-I-A-N-R-U-S-S-E-L-L dot O-R-G. Until next time, live by faith be known by love, and be a voice of hope to others.